The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Claire Eels. Claire is the Chief People Officer at Mosaic Insurance, Mosaic being a global specialty insurer headquartered in Bermuda. Claire joins me on the line from the UK this morning. Welcome to the show, Claire. Thanks, Nick. I'm delighted to be here. Claire, it's great to have you on the show. I know we're going to have a really great conversation. It's going to be really good to hear more about what's going on there at Mosaic and some of the plans coming up. Claire, as ever, as we are in the insurance coffee house today, what's your go-to coffee of choice this morning? Well, I'm a big coffee drinker and I actually probably drink too much of it, Nick, but my go-to is definitely a flat white. Flat white for you, strong Americano for me, this side of things. So um, should be good to power us through the show. Claire, I think it's always good to get an insight into the backstory of our guests before we start talking about the business in more detail. So would you mind sharing with our listeners a little bit more about your personal career background and the steps to you joining Mosaic? Possibly an interesting journey, or it's at least it's a slightly different one, as I'm not a HR director born and bred, if I might put it that way. I actually started my career in management consultancy as a graduate with Accenture, and I was with them for about 10 years. I always worked in financial services with them. At the time, actually, mostly kind of stock exchanges and capital markets, investment banking type clients. But I very quickly learned as I got into the consulting world that my passion was around the people and change environment, the change management part of the business as it was known at the time. So very early doors, it was the people side of the business that really attracted me. When I left Accenture, it was then actually that I moved into the insurance industry. I joined Excel Capital as it was at that time. Excel had various guises, as you know, since then. I actually followed a client of mine into the company because he joined Excel. My main responsibility while I was there was responsibility for a culture change program that they had developed called One Company Without Borders. Excel had grown by acquisition and the program was very much around bringing the organization together, both as one brand, but just as importantly, if not more importantly, from a people perspective, um, because it had acquired and all the businesses had uh, been very individual um, as they'd been acquired. So it was about bringing all of that together. And actually, as I look back, I could draw some parallels with some of the things that we're thinking about and doing now here at Mosaic, because it was very much around an agenda of, of leadership and engagement um, and bringing together a common culture at the time. My time with Excel took me to Bermuda for nearly three years. And I have to say that is a beautiful island that I call my second home. We had a fabulous time there. And so it feels in many ways that I am coming home again because, of course, being um, a Bermuda-based insurer with Mosaic, I've kind of come about circle in that time. Back to the London market, I had a brief foray in, back into the banking world, then joined Willis as it was in 2014. 
and became the people leader of a global operational improvement program. I've always worked globally in my career. I love working globally. I love the challenge and the diversity across working across countries and different locations. And then as I entered Willis, and I, of course, am a leader and a manager of change, I actually then went through quite a lot of change in my career personally, because a couple of years later, Willis became Willis Towers Watson. The program continued, and that came to an end after about three and a half, four years. Uh, But then, I guess, is the stage at which I actually made the move into a more traditional HR role. I became the global HR director for two of the businesses at WTW at the time. One was their internal insurance and consulting and technology business, and the other was the global HRD for the Willis reinsurance broking business. I hadn't been a line HR director at the time, but throughout my career, of course, I'd done a lot of people in change-orientated work, and I just threw myself into it, two feet in, really took to it and really enjoyed it. But then more change came about, roll forward into 2020. Of course, we entered a global pandemic around the same time it was announced that Willis Towers Watson was to be acquired by Ale. And then a period of time passed as, as that deal kind of started to unfold, it became clear that the Willis Reed business was then going to be sold to AJ Gallagher. Roll forward a bit more. And unfortunately, then the Aeon deal did not go ahead and the Gallagher deal was off. A few weeks mm-hmm. later, the Gallagher deal was back on, purchasing the, uh, the Willis Reed business. And I was a global HR director and I was part of the deal team. But I like to joke and say that I kind of sold myself because actually I was part of the business that was acquired and moved across to Gallagher at the beginning of December 2021. But it was at that point that I actually started to have some conversations with Mosaic. And I guess the rest, as they say, to coin a kind of rather hackneyed phrase is history. But you're in a search industry, Nick. You know how it is. And sometimes... Candidates, organizations, and timings, those stars align. And and that's really what happened for me. I just felt it was time for a new challenge, to do something new, to build something. And so when I started to have the conversations with a mosaic leadership, it just felt like the right move for me. So as I say, right time, right timing, right place for me. And that brings us up to date. I joined Mosaic at the turn of this year in 2023 as their chief people officer. And that brings me into our coffee shop with my flat white this morning. Thank you for sharing that, Claire. From a search consultant's perspective, it does seem like a great match and a great opportunity for you, although joining a smaller organisation, but with your roots back there in Bermuda, but also working on a global basis, also as a HR director as well. It sounds like it sort of brings all those pieces together really well. In terms of your role now, Chief People Officer or the entire business, what's the remit of that role and how does that compare with your previous roles where you've been at larger organisations? The Chief People Officer is a new role for Mosaic and the firm has been going just over two and a half years. So as I say, a new role at that stage in the firm's maturity and we're entering that next stage of our maturity as an organisation and my role is really to help drive all of the cultural and the people parts of the agenda of the organisation and taking it forward as it grows and it develops its journey along its growth. In some ways, it's very different and in some ways, it's very, very much the same. We'll probably talk about the makeup of the business a little bit later. This is obviously a much smaller business. It's still a global business. But what I do find on a day-to-day basis is, as a chief people officer, that the people challenges of a business are actually very, very similar. Whatever your size, whatever your scope, things come up day-to-day. So what my challenge is, is to take my learnings from working for much larger organizations and make that applicable and pragmatic and consistent and all of my experience but 
make that appropriate for the size and kind of the scale and the majority of where Mosaic is. The opportunity to be building that from the ground up rather than you know, those previous roles and even going back to your consulting days of going into an existing, you know, large global business and bringing about those change, the opportunity to build that from very close to day one, although Mosaic's had some great growth already, but to be able to do it from that early stage, is that something that really appealed to you when looking at the opportunity? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That was one of the most attractive parts of it, which was that I could come in at not quite at the very beginning, but a critical juncture in the organisation's growth and maturity and and help to build that. And that's really exciting. We pride ourselves on being entrepreneurial here and we talk about being bold as one of our values. And we really live and breathe that every day. And that's an important part of my role, which is to build this organization. It's not every time in a career that you have that opportunity to be in an organization. I've been in very large ones where you've got mature processes and procedures, and that's fantastic. With a smaller organization that is growing like this one, then you've got perhaps more of an opportunity to make your mark. Your ideas can be put into practice, et cetera, et cetera. So a great opportunity. And as I say, you know, one of the key reasons that I was attracted to the role. And where is the business at the moment, Claire? I'm sure a lot of our listeners on the specialty insurance side of the market will be well aware of Mosaic, but maybe not have that insight as to exactly the markets that the company operates in and the growth that you've achieved to date. Where's the business you gave us a snapshot of the organisation at the moment? From a numbers perspective, actually, colleague number 150 will be joining by the end of the month, you know, hitting a milestone in that perspective. We operate across seven countries. So we have, you know, sizable offices, both here in the UK and in the US. We're headquartered in Bermuda, just a relatively small office there with about a dozen people. There's about 70 of us here in the UK, in London, another 60 or so people in two or three offices in the US. And then we've got smaller offices in Germany, in Canada, in the UAE, and out in Singapore. We write seven specialist lines of business, as you say. There is no NatCat. They're intentionally specialist lines of business where, you know, there's a higher barrier to entry, both in terms of expertise and technical underwriting skills. And we're looking to, you know, hit the uh, $500 million worth of gross written premium this year. So, you know, a real accelerated growth story in terms of the organization from a standing start. It has to be said during the pandemic, firm was founded during those times where people couldn't travel. Everything was being done from home offices and on Zoom calls like you and I are today. So uh, I think a pretty spectacular growth story from a standing start during a very difficult time. And a great time to be joining the business. Talk about the 150th person. And obviously you joined the business you know, earlier in the year, got that traction in place, got a good amount of premium. You're working in specialty markets, which like you say, take a high level of technical underwriting experience there's very high barriers to entry as well to the market so huge growth opportunity if you're looking at the business from a day zero from now so fantastic on that point we've talked about how you've got great experience of working with global improvement and building a global culture and i know that's something that you wanted to discuss further today Tell me what that means to you and why is that important to Mosaic? Our culture is incredibly important to us. And actually, it's a critical part of our model and our our growth story. Our co-CEOs have recently said in an interview that Mosaic doesn't have a culture. It is a culture. But on our behalf, that's very, very true. So we write proprietary business. But our model also means that we are underwriters for underwriters. So we write on behalf of others. So when clients and partners are trusting you to deploy their capital in that way, 
you know, there is no product. We're not making widgets here. Our people are mosaic. It's really, really important that we talk a lot here about the mosaic person and clients and partners. It's very, very important that they trust the expertise and the partnership that they have with us and our people. So, you know, our tagline is partnership purpose, and that very much is out into that. And so it's retaining that and that culture is really important to us. Um, And that's why I'd like to talk about it today, because I think as we go through our journey, it's easy to start somewhere. But how do you keep that? And how do you retain that as you grow and you inevitably, hopefully get bigger and more successful? One further point I'd like to talk about is about our ownership culture. And that is a critical part of who we are. So everyone coming into Mosaic has an equity stake and a share of the business. And anyone who knows around alignment of purpose and values and culture, et cetera, knows that the alignment of everybody's interest and purpose is critical to a firm's growth and success. And so, you know, for us, everyone has a piece of that success going forward from the CEOs right down to the most junior colleagues in the organization. And I think that makes a big difference to us and who we are. I can't say this is unique to us, but I do know that it's certainly a very rare thing to have that. And as I say, it's a critical part of the mosaic culture and who we are. If we can start off on that starting culture, it sounds like it's been so, and it's been very purposeful for the business from the co-founders of the business. And it's something that you're now taking forward and developing a lot further. What are some of those initiatives or what has some of that intention been to create this culture at Mosaic? Well, one of the first things that we did and I initiated when I came in actually was to take, and this is based on some experience I've had before and having not done this, was take the opportunity to get some baseline data on it. I think then you can know from where you're starting and then you can measure that going forward. So we earlier in the year did a culture and engagement survey, and that's relatively the standard survey questions that you would expect. There was only 150 of us coming up, as I said, but we had um, some great data come out and we had some phenomenal results come out of it as well. Just a couple of data points to say Um, we had 96% response rate, which, as I say, I know they're relatively small numbers, but that's still an outstanding result to get. And 98% of our people said that they were proud to work for Mosaic. They would recommend it as a place to work. 94% said said they understood what Mosaic stands for and the model that we have and what we're trying to achieve and what our growth story is. And so having got that baseline, and one of our CEOs joked about the fact that we won't be doing another one because the results were so good. But in all seriousness, the beauty of having that data is, and in fact, you know, it could be a bit of a poison chalice because I want to be able to look forward in 18 months, 12, 18, 24 months and say, how do we keep those response rates at those levels? Because as we do, that's a measure of our success in terms of keeping our culture going. One of the other challenges that we have is I talked about attracting and retaining the right people in the mosaic person and the type of culture that we have and our values. One of the things that we've done as well, development has been very, very much a hot topic for us. And we've just launched our first development program here for our more junior members of the team. So we have about 20 of our juniors who are across the US and UK locations. And they are undergoing a program that we have built in-house. We have some external facilitators, but we've built it in-house. They are undergoing a series of learning sessions of all sorts of different types about our organization, about Mosaic, about Lloyd's, about the marketplace, about the insurance industry in general. We've launched a a formal mentoring program as part of that to help them with their career um, progression and aspirations. 
will also be looking at building their professional skills, you know, presentation skills, how to have difficult conversations, how to network, and really helping them and focusing them on their careers. And I think sometimes it can be easy to think that if you work for a large organization, well, there must be lots more development and potential and growth in terms of opportunity. But in fact, the beauty of being part of an organization like ours that has such great growth plans is that we also can provide those opportunities. And so we want to make sure that our, our younger our younger members of the team can grow with us and that there is opportunity for them in the future. And after all, Nick, you know, they're our leaders of the future. So we have started to invest in them. We are keeping that talent pipeline going and developing our mosaic people as they go through their career. Sounds like the best of both worlds in terms of opportunity. So being at a smaller business, you know, 150 people, but very much with the outlook of a much larger organization and it's a larger organization that you want to aspire to so you're actually building a business that's capable of being way more than 150 people so those opportunities there whilst also having that culture of a smaller business as well must be a really great way of being able to attract talent to the business but I'm sure as well and have you seen this yet in terms of your clients your customers the people that you work with can they also see that culture? Are they seeing that the people are very proud to work there and everybody seems to share a value proposition that they're now reaping the benefits of as customers of the organization? I talked earlier about how important it is because, you know, part of our model is very much around underwriters yeah. for underwriters yeah. and this fact that, you know, people are trusting us with their capital. So it's incredibly important that they can see what the mosaic culture is, what a mosaic person is, what that value is that people bring. We have three core values and I think that those shine through every day. They are be bold, work together and have fun and you know, there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of hard work in all organizations. And particularly, I think when you're growing a firm and starting a firm up every day, you might find something and think, oh, I haven't done that before. I haven't got that. How do we get that done? But there's also a lot of fun that we have as well. Our mantra is very much about being bold and being brave. And, and we want people to be bold and to take risks. We're in the risk business. The right risks, of course. And then we've got the working together and that collaboration piece comes out. That's not just internal, that's external. That's with our partners, that's with our brokers, that's with our industry partners, our technology partners. And so I think and I hope that all of those partners and clients can see that come together. And I actually would probably just tell you a little bit of a story about something that happened just a few weeks ago, actually, which I think brings all of that together and yeah, shows kind of the mosaic spirit, which was that um, one of our colleagues, Tom Dilley, did an amazing kind of ultra marathon, 90 kilometer run for a bladder cancer charity. He sadly lost his dear dad to that kind of cancer and he wanted to do something in his memory. He runs marathons fun anyway. So doing one would just not have been really much of a challenge. So he decided to do one kilometer for every year of his dad's life. But it was such a great collaborative event. We had branded taxis that followed him, but we had people from the industry. We had people from the charity. We partnered with our branding partners. We had colleagues and brokers and industry partners that ran with Tom from Marlow on Thames into the city of London and finished right outside the Lloyds building. How far is that, Claire? He ran 90 kilometers. He started at 5.30 in the morning, finished wow. in, you know, in the afternoon. And those of us were very supportive, including myself, and raised a glass at the end for him. 
but it was a fantastic day. And yeah. a lot of people ran various legs mm-hmm. with him along the way and jumped in and out of the taxi so that they could join him on that. And I kind of reflected on it at the end because it took 12 months to bring this together, to train, to make it happen, work with Lloyds because we were outside, et cetera, et cetera. And when I got home that evening and I reflected on it, I just thought it was such a mosaic event for me because it just brought all of those things, all of those partnerships together, that effort, that teamwork and indeed, we all raised a glass at the end and had some fun at the end. Uh, I'm not sure how Tom was standing, but uh, it just brought it all together. It was a fantastic event and day. Sounds brilliant. And I think what's really interesting and unique as well, you know, specialty insurer having fun as one of their core principles, one of their core values. You know, you might associate that maybe with a startup or, you know, some sort of uh, gaming tech company, you know, but for a specialty insurer to have that as one of their core principles, I think that is very, very unique. And I'm sure that's something that will attract a lot of people because, you know, that specialty market, there are a lot of great personalities out there. People do like to work hard, play hard and bring their whole self to work and not be number crunching or, uh, you know, just, just doing the technical side of things. So I think that's fantastic. Look, I think Mosaic's not the place for you if you're looking for a kind of structured nine to five day. It's a very empowering place. We aspire to be very entrepreneurial. If you're looking for something where you'll sit down in the morning and know what it's going to be for the rest of the day or all the day after, then this isn't the place because it's go, go, go. But we want to identify ourselves in a, in a unique way. And as you say, part of that, alongside all, the, all of that hard work is, is to have some fun too. It's very important to be very open and transparent about that so that you are attracting the right people with the you know the right personalities for for that to be a successful match and you're not hiring someone who prefers to be in that corporate environment where it's very much a nine to five and everything routine you you want to attract those more entrepreneurial people claire brings us nicely onto the espresso round now where the questions are short sharp to the point you've got your flat white there I've got my strong Americano. Are you ready for the espresso round? I am. The espresso round. Claire, what one recommendation would you have for someone, maybe a leader or an executive, coming in to interview at Mosaic? You know, I'd say do your homework and understand our model. Understand, really understand what we're trying to be and how we are intending to be different. And also network, you know, talk to a member of the team you can, understand what Mosaic's about. You know, I talked about it not being a nine to five place, but I think also given the type of firm we have, the growth plans we have, to be aware as an exec that um, this is kind of a roll your sleeves up kind of organization. I actually call it my Mosaic first because I have them very often. And if I think about kind of you know, my week last week, I think I did my first fixed term contract in the UK. Of course, I've done lots of those in the past and had them, but we hadn't had one in Mosaic. So it's like, okay, how do we go about that? I think the next day I was working with Outsource, our HR operational support, and we were working out how to do a season ticket loan process for Mosaic. And then the following day, I was talking to the CEO about how to go about our talent reviews and succession planning that we need to discuss with our board at the end of the year. So a real kind of soup to nuts, sort of in the weeds, what's that first? How do I get that done? Which I've talked about before. But then also, of course, the wider talent strategic kind of future looking piece of the role. So I think that would be really important advice for someone coming in as an exec. The exciting bit of it is 
is that as you look over your shoulder, there's possibly no one going to do it. As I talked about before, it's your idea, get it done. That's a challenge, but it's a great opportunity as well. When it comes to attracting talent to the business and for your peers and other insurance HR executives, leaders listening to the show today, what would be your one piece of advice for attracting high-performing talent to an organisation? I have my own favourite little mantra on this, Nick, which is a big one around attitude over aptitude. And um, this is not to say that, as I say often, I wouldn't want open heart surgery done on me by someone who's not a trained medic. And I'm not suggesting that we don't have roles in our organisation that need specific skills. But I do really very much believe in this perhaps goes back to the cultural fit piece and the right person, the mosaic person piece. But is looking sometimes beyond that tick boxing exercise on kind of the skills and experience that are on a job description and a role description. And this also plays into the diversity piece as well, which is really, really important. And I've hired on that basis in the past. I've perhaps got a really good example, actually, of a junior member of staff who was here. We'd set up this office here in Friendship Street, and she was helping us get the office up and running for a few months. She'd finished university and was about to go off traveling. She was a fantastic asset to this office. She really got it humming and everything set up, learned so much about the business, really threw herself into it, got to know all the leaders, et cetera, went off traveling and has actually now come back as a junior trainee underwriter. She had such a great attitude and a desire to learn and a passion for the industry after her time with us that we took her on board. And her graduate degree is not necessarily what you would expect to come into the insurance industry and certainly doesn't have any connections in that sense. But as I say, just excelled in kind of being the right person with the right attitude and drive and commitment. So if we can do that for juniors, I'm sure we can do it for others as we hire into our industry. Sure, again, thank you for that, Claire. That's a great story. Final question of the espresso round. I think this is particularly pertinent for you, actually, with the diverse range of experience that you've had, not only as a HR leader, but as a consultant as well, working globally. Claire, what's the one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their lifetime? Well, I'm going to be cheeky because I think I've actually got two. They kind of link to a certain extent. My number one is when something doesn't go your way and you're angry, and we all have those moments when we want to have a bit of a rant because something doesn't work out, put your rant on email, write it, save it, have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a flat white, and then come back and reread it or even sleep on it. And then either send it, reword it, or in fact, I would bet that often you'll just delete it. I'll never forget, I did it in my early consulting work back in my Accenture days. And I can see the email now. It was a page and a half rant about how someone had done something that wasn't right and it wasn't my fault, et cetera, et cetera. And it was fine, but it didn't need to be sent. It's always good to just take a breath, which also goes into my second piece of advice, which is why I can get away with two when they are linked, which is it's good to talk. I think that's an old advert for those of us that will remember it but sometimes it's so much easier and so much more efficient to get things done by just tapping someone on a shoulder calling them up or as I say tapping them on the shoulder if they're in the office and just either getting a decision or resolving an issue or whatever it might be I think we're all swamped with the emails and various I'm not sure about anyone else on this call but sometimes I'm really not sure where the messages come from is it whatsapp is it a text message is it an email and sometimes it's just good practice just to talk to someone and get something done so those would be my two pieces of advice 
Fantastic advice, Claire. Thank you. Yeah, so good to talk like we've been doing now over a coffee or and I actually think the insurance industry as a whole is pretty good at that, especially between brokers and underwriters, you know, very good at picking up the phone and, you know, getting things done rather than just relying on email. But I think it's always a great reminder internally as well to communicate internally to either pick up the phone, walk into someone's office and just get that discussion done and out of the way rather than emails going backwards and forwards. I think that's a really great reminder. Claire, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Time's gone very quickly. Before we go, is there one piece of closing advice that you have for our listeners? And if there are people out there now who would be interested in learning more about opportunities at Mosaic, this is your opportunity, your pitch. Why should someone come and join Mosaic? Well, I think my final piece of advice is I've reflected on my career and the organisations I've worked for is embrace change and don't fear it. What I have learned is life, careers and organisations they're not a straight line. But I think if you embrace change um, and sometimes take risk, and indeed we're in the risk business, so why not? Then you can reap some rewards and there can be some exciting outcomes. So I would say, you know, be brave and be bold to coin some phrases from Mosaic. I hope I've talked a lot about Mosaic and the great organization that we have, our great growth plans and the culture that we have. And if that appeals to you, then please do reach out. I'm on LinkedIn. My profile is on our website as well. But also on mosaic.com, we have an email address, careers at mosaic.com. So if you want to email into that, that's um, a mailbox that myself and my colleagues monitor. Lots of ways to reach out. And please do. Always happy to meet, make new connections and anyone that's interested in our business. We'll be certain to post mosaic.com and also a link to your LinkedIn profile so listeners can just tap and reach straight out to you. That'll be absolutely fine. Claire, fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure to have you join us on the show. Been great sharing a coffee together and genuinely think, you know, Mosaic is in a great place. It's a great opportunity for talent out there. I think there'll be a lot of people who would be interested in learning more. And I think the future is really bright. So Thank you very much for joining us. It's been a really interesting discussion. Thanks, Nick. And I would love to come back sometime in the future. I'm hoping I can come back and tell you that those engagement scores are just as good as they were this year. Thanks for the opportunity and all that you do. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.